Curtis Lewa. Curtis Lewa. Rip and read. Check this out. This is the Rip and Read featuring Curtis Lewa. Talking about now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. This is the Rip and Read. I'll be damned, Lou. You're not getting rid of Disco Friday over my dead body. Oh, yeah, because you like the band, right? Levon Helm, that's your favorite, right? That's fine on Monday through Thursday on Sid Rosenberg with his friends. But you're not going to interfere with Disco Friday with Sid. No, no. There's so many of our listeners who grew up like I did, like Sid did. And spent time at Pastels, Romeo and Juliet in Bay Ridge, and 2001 Odyssey. You are not going to end Disco Friday. And this song, The Tramps, reminds me of what I did in my mayoral campaign in August of 2021. As you remember, there was the mask mandate... And Comrade Bill de Blasio, the part-time mayor, the dope from Park Slope, who single-handedly destroyed this city that we love, had this city in complete lockdown with the Italian stallion, Andrew Evilize Como. And then all of a sudden, he decided that if you take a shot, just one shot, whether it's the Johnson & Johnson one shot or the Moderna one shot, waiting to get your second shot or... If it's a Pfizer one shot waiting to get your second shot, I am going to uh, allow people who have taken at least one shot not to wear any masks. And immediately I said, wow, it's all, it's over. The, the, the mask, the mask that you have to wear that looks like it depends on your face. Oh, please give me that music. It's over. It's over. And then immediately, the dynamic duo of Vito Bruno, who had run so many clubs in Bay Ridge and the city, teamed up with Todd Shapiro, the empresario, the publicist, and they went all the way to Philadelphia. And they found the original tramps, all of them. Oh, no, 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 not the imitation tramps, the original tramps, right? You remember from Saturday Night Fever, remember the tramps? And they brought him here right to the corner of 50th and 3rd. The police from the 17th Precinct put up the barricades because men, women, transgenders, non-binary, it didn't matter. They were there to burn their masks because I had summoned everyone. I said, we are going to have the no-mask equinox. You want to take your clothes off, that's fine. But you got to take your mask off, and we're going to have a public burning right here. A public burning of the mask. And people were out in the streets, and they were doing the hustle, the Paddy Duke, the bump. It looked like it was the dance floor of 2001 Odyssey. The Trumps were so good as they sang this song over and over and over again. And then Lou and Mastoni and Phil, it came time to burn the mask. I brought my stickball bat. Remember, I was commissioner of stickball for 20 years during the Giuliani years and Bloomberg years. And I took that stick ball and I collected the masks from everybody that were there. And they gave me the masks. And we lined them up. 
And all the paparazzi were there. All the cameras were there. It was all over the world. And it was going live at 5, live at 12, live wherever it was around the world. So I had to be able to torch those masks on time. And you know me, I'm lens slice. And I had to torch. And then I tried to torch these masks. And Lou, Macedonia filled they were plastic. They weren't even melting at that point. And I mean, the press was pissed. I said, Sleeper, you either torch those masks or we're packing up our equipment and we're getting out of here. And I said, oh, no. Hold on. And I ran into the Empire Steakhouse. I said, you got any gasoline? They said, no. I said, you got any rubbing alcohol? They said, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we got it in our first aid kit. Give it to me. And I came out and I poured it on the mask, right? And I got some on my hand. But I couldn't. I, I got a torch. I torched those masks. It was an inferno. For me, not too good. My hand, I mean, it went up in flames. I They had to run out with a bucket of ice from the Empire Steakhouse. I had to conduct a press conference the rest of the way with my hand in the ice because it got burnt. But you know something? We did a good thing. We burned the mask. It was no mask, no mask. And then all of a sudden, that fake, phony, fraudulent, hypocrite de Blasio said, Psych, you got to keep the masks on. And so all of a sudden we were told, mass, mass, separation, you know, back to the lockdown, back to the lockdown. But there was one man out there, Sid Rosenberg, who defied all the authorities. He defied them. He walked around with no shirt on, Riverside Park when he lived on the Upper West Side. He walked through Central Park. Uh, the Altacacas people were screaming at him because he had no mask on. It was no mask, no mask. Taking the number one train to the old WABC to do the morning show, whereas Bernard McGurk, rest his soul, was dressed like Lawrence of Arabia. He had that schmanta around his head, and he had this Gurkha knife because it was dangerous. But Sid would not put the mask on. You want to fire him? You want to throw him out of his apartment? It didn't matter. He stood up to all those Altacacas. And yesterday he was proven to be right because two studies back-to-back -back came out. The mass mandates did nothing. And number two, the origin of coronavirus was the biological lab in Wuhan that Dr. Fauci was funding with our tax dollars. Oh, Lou, I got to tell you, Sid took his victory lap, and rightfully so, this morning. Damn right, I'll survive, and I did. Didn't wear a mask from day one, and I survived. And thank you, Curtis Sliwa, for that little rant last night. And I was right all along. When I say uh, I will survive, that is the big story today. The DOE and the FBI believe COVID stemmed from a lab leak. No kidding! Where'd you hear that, folks, for a couple of years? Not from Anthony Fauci. Not from the liberal news media. Not even from your Republican friends who walked around wearing masks like a bunch of morons. Oh, and they're still doing it today. I'm going to hop on the train after this show, and I'm going to see a hundred people, a hundred wearing masks. Some two masks, three masks. Idiots. It didn't work. It still doesn't work. And now it doesn't matter. There's not even COVID. It was bad enough Wearing a mask when there was the pandemic. It didn't work then. There's not even a pandemic now. What are you wearing a mask for, dickface? Oh, so good. So good. Oh, my God. 
I had to kiss both cheeks on his tuchus. I got to tell you, he never wore masks, said Rosenberg. I was right behind him. But then when I ran for me, I had to put a mask on from time to time because, oh, my God, you know, the I-team of Channel 4 caught me. We're not wearing a mask in the subways and streets, and people were saying, murderer, murderer, sleeper, murderer, murderer. But said he did not fold, never put a mask on. He was right, and so many were wrong, including Fauci, who had that first interview January of 2020 with our own John Katsimatidis when he said, no problem, we only got one case of corona out there in Seattle. No problem. What do you tell the American people uh, about what's going on? Should they be scared? Uh, I don't think so. The American people should not be worried or frightened by this. It's a very, very low risk to the United States. It isn't something that the American public needs to worry about or be frightened about because we have ways of preparing, of screening, of people coming in, and we have ways of responding like we did with this one case in Seattle, Washington, who had traveled to China and brought back the infection. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But uh, then he flipped on that. And remember, Donald Trump, president, banned travel from mainland China at the end of January. He was called a racist, a xenophobe by de Blasio, by Cuomo, by Adams, by uh, Biden himself. Trump was right, but it was still too late. And then all of a sudden, Fauci went from don't worry, be happy to, hey, if it's a holiday and somebody shows up and they haven't been tested, kick them out of your house. If someone in your family isn't vaccinated, should you ask them not to show up? Uh, Yes, I I would do that. I mean, I think we're dealing with a a serious enough situation right now that if there's an unvaccinated person, I would say I'm very sorry, but not this time, maybe another time when this is all over. Can you imagine that? Your relatives, your friends travel all over from uh, maybe over 120 miles away. And you demand that you you see their vaccination card. And if they don't have a vaccination card, it's Christmas. It's Easter. It's Hanukkah. Oh, God, it's any number of holidays where families get together and you tell them, sorry, you're out. Get out of here. Go home. Dr. Fauci said this. And what did Dr. Fauci always hide behind? I represent science. Let me hear that again. I represent science. One more time. I represent science. You hid behind that. And then what did he try to become as he was so popular, right? Every day and every way talking about Michigan, things he didn't even know about. And then he tried to be Dr. Ruth, the sex doctor. Had a very, very famous sex show on radio, followed by Dr. Judy Kuriansky, Kuriansky, the sex doctor on FM radio. Remember, they both had such successful formats. So what does Dr. Fauci decide to do? Become a combination of Dr. Ruth and Dr. Judy Kuriansky. If you're swiping on a dating app like Tinder or Bumble or Grindr and you match with someone and you just kind of like, maybe it's fine if this one stranger comes over. What do you say to that person? You know, everybody has their own tolerance for risks, and it depends on the level of the interaction that you want to have. If you're looking for a friend, sit in a room, put a a mask on, and, you know, chat a bit. If you want to go a little bit more intimate, well, then that's your choice regarding a risk. What the hell did Fauci know about Grindr and the dating apps? And by the way, 
It turned out when all was said and done as of this weekend that Dr. Fauci is the biggest shill for big masks and the medical protective equipment industry, the PPE, personal protection equipment. Be aware of the medical industrial complex. I alert all of you, beware of the medical industrial complex. And by the way, all that PPE and all the masks and all the other paraphernalia, where was it being manufactured in? Red China. Where is it being manufactured in now? Red China. We haven't even created any of it right here in the good old USA. Beware of the medical industrial complex and the evil Darth Vader himself, Dr. Fauci. I represent science. No, you don't. It's the Rip and Read. Talking about. Featuring Curtis Lewa. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. Curtis doesn't know about you, but he rips and reads. This is the Rip and Read. Generals gathered in their masses. Like witches at black masses. Evil minds that plot destruction. Okay, Lou, you don't like disco, but you like Ozzy Osbourne, right? Black Sabbath and War Pigs. You like it, right? And it's so perfect for all these commentators, warmongers, armchair generals who are lobbyists for the military-industrial complex who want war, war, and more war. And I play this song every time I talk about these warmongers, just like Cheney and the neocons in Bush 43 who got us into a war in Iraq looking for weapons of mass destruction that do not exist and never existed. Beware of the military-industrial complex. But ladies and gentlemen, as I was uh, playing this song on the many programs that I host on the weekend when WABC, the acronym stands for Always Broadcasting Curtis, all of a sudden, a caller, Michael, called up, who loved the song, and asked me a question about War Pigs. I wanted to ask you, what happens if you play... War Pigs by Ozzy Osbourne backwards, because I tried it, and it kept saying that Frank Morano's egg salad is amazing. Is that true? <laughs> well, immediately, uh, Cracker Jack's staff of engineers began backmasking. We've done this before, not just to Stairway to Heaven, uh, but one of Queen's uh, songs. Uh, which turned out he was advocating uh, smoking marijuana. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but, yeah let's uh, backmask this, please, uh, Lou. Please uh, go and scratch it. Scratch it. You know, I think it's right at the start, Lou. Just play the start of it, please. Oh, I, I got it. One more time. Just the shorter version, please.
Did you hear that, Lou? Macedonian Phil? He said, Ozzy Osmond, show me your penis. Did you hear that? There's no doubt about it. Oh, hey, Lou is in agreement. Yep, Macedonian Phil in agreement. Okay. So you see, you asked, Michael, and we did it. Meantime, the warmonger, Gordon Chang, failing to get us into a war when Biden ordered the shooting down of the red Chinese balloon over the shore of South Carolina, figured, hmm, why don't I just conflate the red Chinese menace of Emperor Xi with the former Soviet menace of now Tsar Putin? Well, if we don't defend Ukraine, then China sees a green light. Um, And if they go after Taiwan, most people think that they'll go after Guam. Guam is sovereign American territory. That's where we have a lot of military assets. Guam? Slowly I turn step by step. Bunch of schoolboys in the House of Representatives, both of them from Georgia. One is uh, <laughs> Marjorie Taylor Greene. We'll get to her. Never trust anybody uh, with three names. But let's get to... Uh, the Democratic Congressman Hank Johnson, who recently was uh, with President Joe Biden at the Martin Luther King Jr. commemoration at the Ebenezer Baptist Church in Georgia, hosted by U.S. Senator and Reverend Warlock. Remember, he was standing right there. This is 10 years ago. Remember what he asked the general about Guam? Yeah, my, my fear is that uh, the whole island will uh, become so overly populated that it will tip over and uh, and capsize uh, we don't anticipate that the uh, the Guam population I think currently about 175,000 and again with 8,000 Marines and their families it's an addition of about 25,000 uh, more uh, into the population <laughs> that was 10 years ago he's still in the house He's from Georgia, a Democrat. He was he was worried that Guam would capsize. Now, can you imagine that general? He had to be serious. It's a congressional hearing. No, Guam is not going to capsize. But here it is, Gordon Chang saying, first they take Taiwan, a.k.a. Formosa, the red Chinese menace of Emperor Xi, and then they're coming for Guam. Oh, ridiculous. But then the other ridiculous congressperson from Georgia is the face of the Republican Party along with George Santos, a double disgraziata, a double shanda, Marjorie Taylor Greene, who reminds me of one of the Jersey housewives, you know, the Bravo channel that Sid Rosenberg loves so much, hanging out at DJs, fighting with one another, grabbing a bottles, clubbing one another in the head, and then stuck, their hands stuck on their hair because of all the VO5 hairspray. Well, anyway, I digress. It was uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene suggesting that the United States have a divorce. And having been a veteran myself of many divorces, many trips to family court, this is not what you want to do because the divorce lawyers tell everyone involved, hey, stay on the sidelines, we'll talk to one another. And in my case, I always had to end up paying both bills. You get screwed with a divorce. But here's Marjorie Taylor Greene telling all of you we need a divorce nationally between blue states and red states. And if you happen to be a blue stater coming into a red state, you shouldn't be allowed to vote for five years. Um, What I think would be something that some red states could propose is, well, okay, if 
if Democrat voters uh, choose to flee these blue states where they cannot tolerate the living conditions, they don't want their children taught these horrible things, and they really change their mind on the types of policies that they support. Well, once they move to a red state, guess what? Maybe you don't get to vote for five years. You can live there, you can work there, but you don't get to bring your values that you that you basically created in the blue states you came from by voting for Democrat leaders and Democrat policies. What a screw wall. This is like, uh, what, 4.30 in the morning, 1861, outside of Fort Sumter in South Carolina, the Union soldiers inside said, ah, that Confederate rebels, they'll never fire on us. And then all of a sudden, they fired the cannons and did so for 34 straight hours. And the Union had to surrender. And there began the Civil War. This woman is a crackpot and a nut job. America needs to have a divorce between red states and blue states. Hey, hey, Marjorie Taylor Green, you raving maniac. What happens if you're a purple state? What, do we have a third category for you? Like in Arizona, like a Colorado, like uh, hmm, a Virginia? We can go right on down the line. Anyway, thinking about what she had to say, she really didn't start this separation. And I know for somebody who has left uh, our area, New York, Maybe you have separation anxiety, but you figure, hey, I had to, I had to leave. I had to leave New York State. I had to leave New York City. I had no choice because I was being screamed at every other day by prominent Democrats that if I wasn't a registered Democrat, if I didn't have their values, that I should pack my bags and get the hell out of there and head to a red state, right? Actually, it didn't start with Marjorie Taylor Greene, that crackpot, that screwball from Georgia. It started with the likes of Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb at the start of her campaign for governor against Congressman Lee Zeldin. The fate of democracy in this country. That's what we're fighting for, my friends. We are fighting for democracy. We're fighting to bring government back to the people and out of the hands of dictators. And we're here to say that the era of Trump And Zeldin and Molinaro, just jump on a bus and head down to Florida where you belong, okay? Get out of town. Get out of town. Because you don't don't represent our values. How did Molinaro, now Congressman Molinaro, former uh, uh, county executive uh, (laughs) up in the Midhouse, how did he get lumped in with Zeldin and Trump? He didn't even vote for Trump. Remember, he was running against Andrew Evilized Cuomo. He didn't vote for Trump. He did a write-in. He didn't vote for the Democrat, Hillary. He didn't vote for Biden. He didn't vote for Trump. How did he get mixed? Anyway, basically saying, you're a Republican. Get the hell out of here. Go down to South Carolina, Georgia, Florida, Texas, Tennessee. But it didn't stop there. Before Kathy Crime Wave Hochul told everybody who uh, wasn't going to vote for her to get the hell out of New York State. Two years before that, right before he announced he was running for mayor, Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, was on the stage of the National Action Network of his mentor and controller, Al Slim Shady Sharpton, and he was screaming at all the McWhitey Whiteys like our own Macedonian Phil. Go back to Iowa. You go back to Ohio. New York City belongs to the people that was here and made New York City what it is. Now, uh... I wonder if Eric Adams were to say that again today, 
Would he exclude Ohio, Lou, because, you know, uh, the white hipsters and millennials, what does he want him to go to Ohio, drink the water there from East Palestine or in the Ohio River, breathe the tainted, foul, carcinogenic air that is like a plume over the whole state of Ohio and is even drifting into Pennsylvania and the Mid-Hudson Valley, even over to Orange County, upstate New York, and Newburgh, the Camden on the Hudson River? Oh, God. And you know who started all of this? I, okay, I gave, I gave, I really took it to Marjorie Taylor Greene for doubling down on the national divorce. Red states, blue states. If you move from a blue state to a red state, you don't get to vote for five years. But really, long ago, 2013, 2014, Andrew Evelines Cuomo, listening to this program as we speak, on our FM affiliate, WLIR, that goes right on out to the East End. At the compound, the Cuomo compound in Southampton, owned by his brother Chris Fredo Cuomo with that muscle between his uh, ears. As they both listen intently along with their wartime consul, Yeri Joe Pococo, uh, who uh, would hit you with a Louisville slugger and make your kneecaps sing and ring if you didn't abide by the dictates of uh, Andrew Evilize Cuomo. Uh, he's listening, too. He just got out of federal prison for political corruption. And uh, I just want to spark up their memory. They really started this exodus. Remember when Cuomo addressed all of us and told us that we weren't with him and the Democrats? Get the hell out of New York almost 10 years ago. Are they these extreme conservatives who are right to life, a poor assault weapon, anti-gay? Is that who they are? Because if that's who they are, and if they are the extreme conservatives, they have no place in the state of New York. So this because that's not who New Yorkers are. Yeah, you remember that, Andrew? Andrew Evilize Cuomo, King Cuomo II, the son of Mario Faccia Bruta Cuomo, King Cuomo I. Hey, Andrew, I send them a you provenos facim, and like your father, you are, and we will do everything in a bipartisan way, I swear to you. Democrats and Republicans in the state legislature have banded together to remove your father's name, Mario Cuomo, from the Tappan Zee Bridge. It will happen. But you know what's happening in South Carolina, the Gamecock State, of which they are getting many of the refugees from New York, Connecticut, Pennsylvania, and New Jersey. A state senator in the legislature there in Columbia, the state's capital, wants to impose a tax on snowbirds coming in because there's a massive amount of snowbirds coming in, escaping uh, the blue uh, the blue plume over their states. And he's saying because of everybody coming from the northeast into South Carolina, it's put a strain on our roadway system, on our schools. We need to tax them $250 when they first arrive. And then $250 within six months of their residency here. They get it back if they leave within the first year. But we should tax them upon arrival. What a difference. Because if you decide to pick up and leave California, Newsom hits you with a tax, an exit tax. And, hey, Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb does the same thing here in New York. So when you flee and you join the exit, it's from California and New York. They tax you when you leave. South Carolina wants to tax you when you will arrive. Proving that all politicians want to tax you from the cradle to the grave. This is the story of the one. 
As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Talking about this is the Rip and Read, featuring Curtis Lewa. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. Oh, remember as a kid, Lou, you wouldn't know Macedonia, Phil. You weren't birthed in Macedonia yet. Or as you call yourself, your alias, Phil Dixon. I'll call bust you on on Wednesday morning at 7.05 with Sid, Phil Dixon. Get out of here. But anyway, I, I felt I wanted to calm everybody down here, Lou, since I'm at war with everybody at WABC, it seems, on any given day, on any given shift. So I went out and I bought animal crackers. And he gave them out to everybody. And you should see the smiles on their faces. Some of the worst curmudgeons here. I'm not going to mention names. So where did you find those bags and bags I brought in of animal crackers? You don't have to put it in your soup. You can eat it with a nice glass of milk like we did with kids. Oh, it was so good, so good. I may have to give them out to people that we're dealing with on a regular basis because they're such curmudgeons. They're so angry. Perfect example. On Friday, there was a public safety seminar involving departments headed by Eric Adams, the swagger man with no plan, all involving public safety. Sewell, the missing in action police commissioner, was there. Kavanaugh, the FDNY commissioner, was there. Uh, you know, she has a coup d'etat going on there, but she was there. And it was hosted. It was hosted by Phil Banks who was appointed by Eric Adams, the deputy mayor for public safety, unindicted co-conspirator, should have went to jail for police corruption, and yet he became a confidential informant that saved his butt. But he never wants to take any questions like, why does he have an office in the Verizon building? Not one police plaza, not City Hall. Why a private office? And as I've said constantly, because that's where you come with the Louis Vuitton bag with the loot. That's where you come if you want to wine, dine, and pocket line the Adams administration. And there's no better guy laundering money. And Deputy Mayor in charge of public safety, Phil Banks. And he was asked a simple question at the end of this public safety seminar. It's like, what exactly do you do? Uh, hi, Deputy Mayor. Thanks for hosting this. Um, I was wondering if you could just explain a little bit, um, talk about your role in the administration, uh, sort of, you know, why are you the best person to ho- host briefings like this? And if you could talk a little bit about how your role differs from uh, the police commissioner. Thanks. Uh, that's not a question. Uh, you know what? I always people say, can I ask a question? I would say you ask a question doesn't mean I'm going to answer it. Front is not on topic two. Um, I, I'm not, you know, with all due respect, I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I, I won't answer that particular question. I'm in this, I'm in this role because the person who was elected mayor has the authority to appoint a deputy mayor of public safety. And he believed that I should be the person in this particular role. And that's why I'm at that role. End of story. Bottom line. Slam dunk ended. 
any access to the press. He wasn't going to answer what the hell he does as this fake deputy mayor of public safety who has a private office in the Verizon building overlooking the Brooklyn Bridge. And that's where you bring your loot in the Louis Vuitton bag if you want to wine, dine, and parking line the Adams administration because he's great at laundering money. But you know what this reminds me of, Lou and Matt Stoney and Phil? Remember that great scene in Office Space, great movie, when the major corporation sends in two guys to inquire of everybody employed, what do you do here? What, what would you say you do here? Well, look, I already told you. I deal with the customers so the engineers don't have to. I have people skills. I am good at dealing with people. Can't you understand it? What the hell is wrong with you people? You think maybe if I gave animal crackers to all these people we've just heard from that it would calm them down like liquid Prozac, animal crackers in your soup? And then remember on Thursday night at the Sheen Center downtown, not named after Charlie Sheen, a crackhead, methhead, 9-11 denier, or his father, Martin Sheen, who is a liberational theologist, a always getting arrested, nonviolent civil disobedience like Dan Berrigan. They actually lived out in Staten Island for a while. Uh, both uh, Martin Sheen, his wife, uh, Charlie Sheen, and uh, what the hell is his brother's name? Escobar, like Pablo Escobar, I don't know. And he'd be walking around nude in the house, and all the neighbors would say, what the hell is that, a nudist colony? And then he left Staten Island. Well, it's not that. It wasn't named after Bishop Fulton Sheen, who uh, revealed that Cardinal Spellman at that time in the 50s was a drag queen running around the rectory of St. Patrick's Cathedral with J. Edgar Hoover, who was a drag queen. No. And then exiled to Peoria. No, 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 no. They were actually there for a symposium that I was not invited to. I was banned Hosted by the Rev and the Rabbi, and they were throwing softballs, beach ball questions at Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan. That, wait, wait, that, that door, that door is an exit. That door is an exit. Feel free to use that. Where's, um, where's Curtis Sliwa when you need him? Tell our team to send our folks to go. So an organization called ACORN had spread its way into the audience of 400. Bertha Lewis, having founded the group here, I know them. I supported them. They were there because uh, they were there to promote affordable housing. Good, good. And they were called disruptors. But notice Rabbi Joe Potasnik, he couldn't get Eric Adams to do anything with his 10-person 10, 10 security team from the NYPD because Eric Adams was still sad that he lost his brother Bernard, who was the head of his team, to try to vet out the white supremacists that wanted to hurt Eric Adams. And now he's going back to parking cars at Virginia Commonwealth College. And what was Rabbi Joe Potasnik screaming through his show for his horn? Where's Curtis Sleeve? And then who came running up to the stage? Peter King. He had the ashes still on his forehead representing Roman Catholics from Wednesday. He hadn't washed them off yet, and he was kissing Eric Adams, the Eric Adams Republican that he was, saying, I'll protect you, Eric Adams. Your brother is no longer here, Bernard. I'll protect you. What a shanda.
This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.